0: Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I am Jendai Jackson, and today we are joined by the brainchild behind The Jealous Vegan, April Cunningham. In this episode, we are diving into a topic that's a bit more delicate, intimate, and personal. We are titling today's podcast, Diet and Divorce. Now I want to jump right in, April, because I believe the context of our conversation will help the audience to understand why we're talking about this in the first place. So first things first, let's start with some background. You and I have known each other since, I want to say July, August, July or August of 2013. That sounds that right? about right. I don't remember exactly, Okay, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's the right year, and I remember the day we met like yesterday. We were at an all-day convention, and I believe my husband met your ex first, right? And then I met your ex, and then I met you a couple hours later, all within the same day, right, right? And then from there, the four of us clicked. We spent the next couple of years dining together and we bonded over food and conversation, right? Talk a little bit about that process, our relationship, our dinners, how that all transpired. Right. I remember um, Dwan, uh, my husband's name, ex-husband
1: name. Um, he came and he said he was very tickled because he said you said that you'd married a tenderoni. Your mm-hmm. husband's a little bit younger than you are, <laughs> than you are, and he was so tickled by that. He's like, we have to do dinner, and I said, bet, let's do it. Um, and you know, it's hard. It's this perception that couples meet other couples all the time and they like click and they have dinner. And that was my understanding before I got married. And then I got married and realized, oh, it actually doesn't happen like that. Sometimes you like the wife or the husband, but not both. Right. It turned out we like you both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to dinner and um, we had this great dynamic of going to dinner and talking about deep stuff and marital stuff and some touchy stuff and, and, um, It was great. I mean, it was, it was the kind of synergy you hope to have when you, um, are both married and you, you, two two couples that are married and you're hoping that everybody likes each other enough to want to spend dinner on a regular basis Mm -hmm. with each other. And there was just a great, clean dynamic and we shared, um, quite a bit in common. Um, and it was good. Um, and I got to know you more personally, um, and, and MJ more personally, your husband. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, you know, fell in love with both of you and, uh, it was good. It was it was really good.
0: Yeah, I don't think that I've ever had a set of friends that I've enjoyed as much as I did you and your your ex-husband. It was it was a learning experience. It was eye-opening. It was refreshing. You guys pulled us out of our box. <laughs> we uh you know, I'm used to dinners at six and seven o'clock, but your your ex was like, Oh yeah, let's meet at nine thirty. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: That's how the adults eat, maybe eat at nine thirty
0: <laughs> and then let's go out on a school night. You know, what what do you mean the weekend? Let's do a Thursday or let's do, you know, after, you know, a meeting on a on a on a weeknight. So it was a it was a great time and it was a great experience. But then throughout I guess our three or four years of double dating your diet changed Mm -hmm. and that changed that forced us all into a new situation talk a little bit about that I know you talked about your diet in past episodes but talk a little about about that in relation to our dinners
1: Right, so we um, had this. We, you know, uh, my ex-husband was great about putting together dinners, and he put together places at Michelin-star restaurants, and that's where we show up at nine o'clock because it's impossible, really, to get a reservation before nine right. Right. Um, at places where there's quality dining. And um, um, those places, though, are not very plant-based. There aren't very many plant-based places that you can go and and know you're going to be able to feed carnivores and omnivores and vegetarians and vegans alike. Um, And you need to go someplace where they can make accommodations, right? Mm -hmm. Substitute butter um, for—substitute olive oil for butter Mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. Um, So I had a tour of duty of sorts at work, and I was stressed out, and my skin was rioting, and I was super anxious all the time. And um, the doctor that I went to, Holistic Doctor, she said— um, actually, naturopathic doctor, she told me to take all these animal products out of my diet, and that changed mm-hmm. how we dined. Um, mm-hmm. And it became a thing where I would just eat all the sides, and I'd ask them to substitute olive oil, um, and it was fine because I was with friends and I was with loved ones, and uh, occasionally I'd eat fish if I could, if I wanted it, or whatever, it turns out that fish is super expensive on the menu, you might as well order steak if you're dining at a quality place, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. We would dine for the company more than anything else, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's what the beauty was, is that we, we really dined for the company um, and for the good food. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you dine with people and it's you're more eating out, air quote, than dining out. Right. Um, and it was good that we had that dynamic and that we both had, we could share that experience. It's tricky too, because you don't know with other couples if they have the finances to be able to do that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And it turns out that we both did, mm-hmm. um, which was another point of, of of overlap. And, but when my diet changed and it became a thing of like, what can April eat? Right. Um, and I was the only one, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else could seemingly eat. We've since know that, um, that your husband has a dairy allergy, but. At the time, it was like I was the outsider trying to figure out how to navigate a carnivore life mm-hmm. um, to dine with people that I love. And, right. And it was it was challenging, but I, I felt like it... I didn't mind it at all, honestly.
0: I don't think I told you this, but when your ex said, okay, we have to find different types of restaurants for April, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we have to do what? And And I... Wasn't in that lifestyle, so I didn't. I, I was nervous as to where we would be going to find food that April <laughs> could eat. <laughs> Just want to eat plants. It shouldn't be that hard. I was like, wh- where, are go- "Where are we going? Where are we going? Like, what, what are these new restaurants? And does that mean that all of us have to eat that way? I, I wasn't aware that there were restaurants um, and dining opportunities where there was a plant-based side of the menu. Or at least sides that are of, you know, in a vegetable nature and a side of the menu where the other three of us could partake of. So I was a little worried, but I got over that fairly quickly. And I actually, I think I told you this, I did feel bad about eating the way that I was eating while you were trying to start this new lifestyle, this new regiment. You know, me sitting here with my chicken and my burger and you with... <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and french fries. Yes. And I'm like, oh, should I? Uh...
1: Yeah. Right. And they had wine. That was mm-hmm. always a good thing. They were, Places always had good wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny because I don't really remember that transition at all. I remember dining with loved ones. Like, that's the thing that's preeminent for me in my mind. Um, I don't remember him saying... Uh, we need to eat places where April, April can eat.
0: Don't I think he just told enough. us that. He just he just said that to you yeah. all. he he gave us a forewarning that he would be making reservations at different, different types places. Of- yeah, um, he's no, was, he was taking care of he me. He was guess. great about yeah. that um, and taking care
1: of me in general. Um, I. I don't really remember that, honestly. But it wasn't any sweat at the time. And if I didn't, if I came home a little hungry, the the problem is that I would substitute the french fries because french fries are Uh (laughs) plant-based. Wine is plant-based. Right. Um, Which we didn't recommend to anyone. But at the time, it was just like, I don't care. Like, I just need to not eat anything with the dairy, with dairy or meat and Uh hardcore, hardcore air quote, um, meat. And it was fine. Um, But it's interesting that you remember and I don't even remember that like Stipulation.
0: I remember the restaurant. I remember the very first restaurant. Do you? We, yes. Where? Oh, man, what's, what's the one across the street from Marcus and Devon's favorite spot that they... I don't remember. What's the, the main restaurant that they always went to? We went to after we went... After we saw... We went to the Kennedy Center. We went there. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh! <laughs> anyway, Barcelona, maybe. No, that's not near the Kennedy Center. No, no, no. we went to we went to the rest this restaurant that's across the street. From oh, the Diplomat, the Diplomat. There yeah, you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Bar- is, is it Barcelona? Yeah, it's across yes. the street. Yeah. That's the very first restaurant that we went to after the announcement was made that we have to find different places so that April can eat gotcha. plant based. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and the Diplomat actually remember. isn't very plant place friendly, Mm-mm. honestly. I, I loved their fish, but mm-hmm. interestingly enough.
0: Oh yeah, I remember.
1: It's also interesting too because I've always felt like the outsider, everybody in my circle, my family and such could eat whatever they wanted. Um, so it just was kind of air quote, normal for me mm-hmm. to have to navigate around the omnivore, carnivore, really carnivore ch- choices. So it's interesting to hear you say you felt like uncomfortable because usually that's the role I've been in and i have just numbed out to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my biology informs right. my choices. Tr- and I am fine if that yeah. means french fries and wine, then I'll do that for love mm-hmm. to dine mm-hmm. with people that I really am interested in. Right. Um, and there just aren't very many plant-based choices that wasn't at the time. There, DC has changed quite a bit
0: that, I think it's more Mm. than it was before. Yeah, absolutely. So you suffered a change in circumstances last year that disrupted our ability to enjoy those times together. Can you share a little bit about that? Right. So I got divorced. We
1: got divorced. Um, And that breaks up a
0: foursome.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure (laughs) does. (laughs) Um, And there's devastation in that. Like, we're doing this really awesome thing, and okay, that's not happening anymore. Um, and, um, it's devastating for all of us to try to figure out what's our new life, what's our new normal look like. Um, and honestly, we've dined together, the three of us now, right, without him. Um, and it's not the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, that's a challenge. Um, well, we're more aware of plant-based now, so it's not a challenge for food. It's just a change in dynamic and a new normal to try to find. Right. Um which is hard in the beginning. It's habit change, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. habit change was forced upon us, but it is what it
0: is. So, And we know that a divorce turns your entire world upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Up is now down. Down is now up. You're forced into new routines, uh, a new way of thinking, maybe even a new personality. What was the connection between diet and divorce, if any, like, I know that some people see comfort in food when they're going through emotional dis- distress. Was that the case for you?
1: No, I had the opposite effect. Um, it turned out that I, it's like my digestive system, and this is true in stressful situations. Stress turns the digestive system off, and mine just turned off. I, I, could, I couldn't eat more than a few almonds,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and I could drink wine. Wine is plant-based. Right. <laughs> wine always wins. <laughs> um, uh, tequila also occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I had the opposite effect, um, and people actually, I lost maybe, it wasn't actually that much. It was maybe 12 pounds, and I haven't gained that back. New homostasis, I think is how you say the equilibrium. My body found a new equilibrium, and um, people would say to me that I lost too much weight, um, but I I really honestly couldn't eat. I could eat almonds, I could nibble this and that, Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't eat anything really as substantial in the grieving process. Um, I got a grief scar <laughs> um, I couldn't I, I slept like a champ um, A grief scar Yeah, absolutely And I I wouldn't have called it that I would have said some, If someone else had said that to me I would have said That's some Off-brand stuff What are you talking <laughs> about? But I absolutely what, what had is, what, is, what is a it, It's a scar And um, it appeared When everything started to shift mm-hmm. And it hung out and it didn't matter what I ate or didn't eat or how much I exercised or didn't exercise. I tried to take things out of my diet thinking, it looks like a it looks like a really severe form of eczema, but it's like an, a, somewhere between an eczema and a rash, mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that it's the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. I tried to Google it, they say that your skin, and I, I tried to ask some people who are knowledgeable about health and skin, and they said that your skin is an elimination organ, it's also sometimes where we feel, where our emotions, um, are um I want to say expelled, but mm-hmm. our our emotions show in terms of like how we process them. They mm-hmm. can sometimes show in our skin. So I got this scar, and um, I told my sister because she's my trainer, and I was like, "What's happening? Right. What do you think of this?" And she's like, mm, "Yeah, that can be a grief scar. I don't know. Nobody really knows, right? But it's starting to go away, and no diet change, right? As I'm." coming through the healing process and mm-hmm. feeling normal air quote um it's starting to go away so it's that thing of my body definitely had a reaction mm-hmm. that affected food stress reaction which was can't eat um and that actually didn't last for very long not able to eat maybe maybe three months where i couldn't eat much more than almonds and then i could gradually eat a little bit more and a little bit more and then at this point it's it's it, believe it or not. In spite of what I eat or don't eat, plant-based definitely aligns to my biology because I, I my friends would say I eat whatever I want, mm-hmm. and my weight has stayed stable. And I exercise moderately, mm-hmm. um, and my weight has stayed stable in a way that it wasn't that wasn't true before. Um, so it's great because I have this new. Right. Biological equilibrium, right, right. Um, and I'm aligning to my biology. Sexy to you too. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, I
0: hit my goal weight, and I went under it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, are you fine with your weight now? Did you feel like you lost too much weight?
1: Um, honestly, I couldn't think of it right at that time. At the time, I was just like, I'm trying to get through the day right. every day, um, right. and I can't worry about that. Mm-hmm. It's the least of my concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, I think of myself, honestly, as skinny fat. My sister and I joke about this. Like, like, I need to work on this. I need to work on this body part. It's like, you understand? Like, uh, you know, Um, I think of myself as skinny fat. I I don't, in the sense that I'm not as toned as I would like to be. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But I also am really pleased with how calm I feel. And I should say, I should add to the discussion that I... I wasn't 100% plant-based before, but as a result of the... the, Before the divorce. Before before the divorce. I was was mostly plant-based before the divorce. And since then, even more so, it's like reinforcing. Like I would occasionally have cheese or I'd occasionally have fish, um, even though I know I shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. Emotional eating for various reasons, stress and that kind of thing. But since then, it's like, um, I haven't had any craving for cheese. I haven't had a craving. I occasionally eat fish. Like I said, I've said on a previous episode, when I'm dining with loved ones and there's really nothing for me to eat that's plant-based and I'm hungry, mm-hmm. I'll have a piece of fish, right? right. Um, but generally speaking, I'm very happy on plant-based and my biology informs that. And to the point, I think one of the tells is that first I'm calm, generally. Uh, I sleep like a champ. Mm-hmm. And I um, I pretty much eat what I want, as long as it's plant-based, I'm happy, and my digestive system is calm. Elimination is mm-hmm. regular, and um, not to get too graphic, but it's 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 appropriately bulked mm-hmm. <laughs> and smooth, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I, I, I that's that's after coming through. Um, I couldn't eat for several months, and then gradually adding things back,
0: mm-hmm. and now I feel pretty pretty calm. So before the divorce, were you cooking for him and his diet while trying to maintain your diet as well? And is that the reason why you still were nibbling on cheese and maybe some fish is because you had this other person who had a different choice than you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had an agreement
1: that um, he would eat vegetarian in the house when I cooked. Okay, he'd eat vegetarian, um, but for me that also meant cheese. Like I didn't really get in contact, or in touch with the fact that how much dairy was is for me a toxin um, until I started to this thing at work happened. I was I was promoted for a tour of duty and stressed out and overwhelmed with the responsibility and the perceived expectations um, and that's when I really got started to get clear on like what my biology needs and during a stressful time with my, what my biology informs. Um, so I would cook vegetarian for him, but then in a stress state, um, I don't have time to think, so I would default to things that I knew worked and things that I knew he could eat. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved uh, turkey tacos, and mm-hmm. I love to make it. It's so good. I'd mm-hmm. make it with dark meat and this whole thing. going, And I would make it for him, and then, of course, I'd eat some.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my biology would riot. Right? Um, he could eat it. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a tacit agreement that I we, I wouldn't, but then in a stress state, and I was the primary person who was doing the cooking— um, I would totally just cook whatever I knew he would like so I could get done with it and move mm-hmm. on to whatever else I needed to do and then I'd
0: end up nibbling. Right. Right. Makes sense. So how else was your health and overall well-being impacted during this time? For example, your sleep, your fitness, your mental health, your quiet time, your self-care, how were those things impacted?
1: Um, I'm an introvert, so I found that I didn't really know how strongly until this stress, emotional time. Um, So my self-care included lots of quiet time. I just needed to think uh, and pray and cry. Um, And um, my sister was is transitioning, It was, was transitioning at the time. And she said, you need to empty the tank. The emotional tank would get full and I would just be, I couldn't, I and then I wouldn't be able to stop crying. I'd cry mm-hmm. for days. Mm-hmm. And she'd say, you need to empty the tank. Um, and I'd go for a run and I'd get those, I call them the squigglies, I'd get them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'd be fine for a day
0: mm-hmm.
1: or so and then I'd need to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it helped my fitness routine because I started running in the morning um, which I had never been able to do before,
0: um, but you—you you were pretty regimented in a in a fitness routine before.
1: The no, divorce. not really. No? I mean, I, I like—I felt like I should be. Uh, you know, a lot of guilt and shame. Like, mm-hmm. you should work out. Everybody mm-hmm. knows you should work out. You don't want to get, you know, fat and you know, blah blah blah. And and I was. I was. I I had. I was probably it was like twelve pounds um, more than I weigh now. Mm-hmm. And. By comparison, my body feels so much more comfortable with my current weight than it did then. And I wasn't, I was never um, obese or even like along, on the line of that. Right. But um, there's just a comfort that you have when you align to that your biology and your emotional health that I feel now that I didn't even realize was missing before. Mm-hmm. Um, but running helped and it was the emotional empty as much as for the physical release of having those endorphins, and um, it just required, though, for a long time in there, I had to, I had to run every day, or I would spend all day crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not hormonal or anything. That, that, that was without the hormones of a cycle, right? That was just that was just needing to excavate the the hurt. Right. Um,
0: I find that interesting that you are healthier. As a single person, than you were as a married person, and that makes me think about my life and my, my marriage. Why does it take a, a life-changing circumstance to be our best self? You know, you know what I mean. Like, why not do that now, as as me as a married? Why not do that now? Why why does it take such an impactful event? to realize what you need to do to be at your premium or at your optimal? Or is it a, was, was it a band-aid? I mean, is, like you said, you needed to run every day in order to purge those feelings and those thoughts and, and to busy yourself in that, in that moment. Was it just happenstance that running, that fitness, that health was that thing for you? I think
1: that we all need exercise. I mean, our bodies are mostly water. And what happens when water doesn't move? It it gets very stagnant, right? Um, And it's not healthy, right? So we need to move. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that marriage is the thing that keeps us from being unhealthy, but I will say um, that in my coaching practice, I coach women who are married and they have kids. And it's very easy for us, especially as nurturers, to show up for everybody else and neglect our own health. And it's not because we're lazy, it's not because we're undisciplined. In fact, the women that I coach are very much so, even like yourself, right, are very disciplined about getting things done. And so it's not laziness, but we have a tendency to sacrifice ourselves um, for the people that we love. And there's some, they call that out as some beauty and altruism and positive positive quality. Um, There's balance there. For myself, um, part of it, was uh, part of it was that it was was in service to this other person but mostly I would say um, any emotionally traumatic events a death a near death a, a sickness gets you really in touch with what's important in your life and it's easy to be running it's not I won't even say running but it's easy to be busy in this life mm-hmm. without being in touch very true Um, And I think that when you have those opportunities to check in and get clear, um, that's when it becomes obvious, more obvious and more um, an easier way to touch into, okay, what do I really want right now?
0: Right. That space, that silence gives you clarity. Yeah. And I know you visited your sister more often. You, You had to get out the house. A bit more, talk about uh, nurturing that relationship. Like what other relationships were, what other relationships blossomed? Mm -hmm. That was the beautiful thing. Is that I really felt like um,
1: insulated in my marriage because I was I was very happy and I'm married to my friend and I didn't realize that things were imploding until it was obvious and nearly public. Um, And so I put all my eggs pretty much in one basket.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and it was mm-hmm. that part of that part of the anxiety was like, <gasps> yeah, now what? Who? Where? What how, am I going to do now? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't have children. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like I could fill the space. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily the thing that people with kids want to do. Um, it's traumatic for anyone um, to have your life shift um, and to be betrayed. Um, and so I feel like. Um, but in the time since I've, I've, I've learned to count my blessings, um, I've gotten really clear on what I want and what I don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and nurturing relationships has been one of those things that I have space for in right. a way that I wasn't even present to the fact that I didn't have space for before. Mm-hmm. Um and I've drawn closer to people who were already friends and already people that I love, but now we spend more time together because I have space and because I'm open to exploring that more than I yeah. would have been before.
0: yeah, yeah, I feel that I do think about that a lot more now that I am so busy and I'm in a marriage and i'm I still you know have relationships that I need to care for and nourish, and I'm like, man, it's a lot going on with a. Being a wife and having all this, and it's almost like I wish I had more time and more space for that. Of course, I don't want to have a life-altering event in order for me to realize that. So I identify with wanting to nourish those relationships and finding time for them. Yeah. I think that's super important. Yeah. A couple more questions to go. Two more. In fact, a year later, mm-hmm. have you noticed any positive effects on your health and well-being?
1: Yes. Uh, there's a, it's hard to describe, but there's a calm in my body, um, and a clarity around what I need to do for self-care. I always meditated, I always prayed, um, but now with so much more intention, um, and Um, my sister jokes with me because I'm talking to her on the phone and I have days, everybody has days where it's just like, there's so much going on, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And my sister, I'll call her on the phone and she'll say, okay, I need you to go upside down because something about the blood flow, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't practice yoga, but something about the blood flow. Literally
0: upside down. I
1: literally go upside down. I lay lay upside down on the couch and it's not even a full tilt, it's just half, but it's enough to like intercept me and I'll, I'll set the timer. If I'm pressed for time, I'll set the timer for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. And there's no, there's no TV. There's no phone. There's just letting my thoughts really serialize. That's how it. it, it it's strange, but um, it works. So my, my, I told my friend today that my thoughts. Sometimes I wake up. Sometimes over the course of the day, my thoughts become my hair's curly, become tangled like my hair. Right? It's just like curly mess, and it's beautiful, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's chaotic to tame. Mm-hmm. And I found that meditation helps me to serialize my thoughts and get clear about, okay, what's a really the priority right now? Um, what do you need to do? Right now, in this moment, most important thing, and everything else, let's push that off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and prayer, um, I read my Bible, these things are important to me too. Um, I don't wanna, um, it's a composite. And then I also find that exercise is important. I have to empty the tank, my sister's mm-hmm. words. Empty the tank! Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it gets me clear, um, and it also makes me feel, gets me into action. So I can get out of, of sadness, and I can get into energizing work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is important. I need to call these people. I need to do this. These are the things that need to be accomplished this week, this day. These are the people I need to remember to call mm-hmm. because I love them, right. and I need to tell them, right? I write yeah. poetry on the treadmill like, or while I'm working out. Just because the, there's a creative space that I can fall into when I'm, 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 I'm getting clear. Um, Mm -hmm. And so those are not habits that I had Mm -hmm. before um, that I have space for and I've made space for. And now I'm deliberate about creating that space. And especially now as an entrepreneur, I feel like it's important for me to create the life that I want to create. And I coach people on how to do that as well. Create the life that you want to create, lead with what Mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And creating that space to eat right and to work out and to meditate and to spend time with the people you love and to make time for, get present really get present with the people that are important to you, that's, um, that's key. Lead with that and back into your entrepreneurial, your job, the rest of your life, back into that from where you wanna be. hmm um, And that's, that has helped me quite a bit. In terms of diet, um, I'm so happy, plant-based. Like I said, I, I, I'm not 100%, I do eat fish, right, for the, I've said that. Um, but overall, I'm very happy plant-based and I'm very happy part of my challenge was always dining with friends and feeling left out or feeling like it's so much easier this is where jealous comes from right, right. jealous vegan so jealous and it it's so easy you can just pick off the menu right. oh my god like why Let's can't I do that, that burger I- you know um <laughs> I don't I feel less jealous now and more zealous for plant-based because I know what it can do and um the calmness that I feel right now when I in my diet and my life is something I didn't even realize wasn't present then mm-hmm. um, and it feels really good I feel I feel happy I feel balanced I feel um, I feel well um, and it's I can't stress enough that it wasn't clear to me that I wasn't well right because we can operate in such a space I operated in such a space where I just this felt normal but when this new normal actually feels better
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than the old
1: normal. Not that I necessarily would trade it, real mm-hmm, talk. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't want to have to go through what I went through in order right. to get here. But I do find that my diet shifted, my life shifted, my priority shifted, my fitness regime sh- shifted as a result of, um,
0: of having this traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. I can say that I do see the calmness. I see how happy you are. I see... A woman who's under control, everything that you just said, it, it shows and emanates from you. And I'm very proud of how you've come out of this traumatic experience. Well, thank
1: you. I you, love you done, for you, that. You've thank done a you.
0: great job of that. What do you want people to take away from your experience? Like, What are the lessons you've learned or advice you would give to others experiencing an undesirable life change?
1: A couple of things. One, that in any dramatic life change is hard. And we have a tendency to think that people who don't have their ideal body or who don't look like we think they should look in the gym, um, that they're lazy or that they um, are not disciplined enough. That's actually not true. The people who um, are crushing it in a lot of areas of their life. They're often in service to other people and they're very disciplined and they're very focused on different things. It's just not their health
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the time. And I feel like that's a Me. misconception.
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 Me. <laughs> Raise my hand to that.
1: <laughs> um, it's so true like you, right? For yeah. example, you're you're a boss. Like you're mm-hmm. on multiple levels crushing it. It's just not a priority. Mm-hmm. And um One thing that I have learned is that it takes setting priorities and showing up for that self-care and recognizing that self-care is not selfish. Um, I would also say that um, there's a balance between showing up for yourself and showing up for your loved ones. And to find that balance is a non-linear journey. And to be kind to yourself, recognizing that you have needs as well, and to serve others, um, you need to be in the best possible state so it serves them for you to serve you, right? Um, and that's hard. That's hard. Um, I would also say that um, plant-based is not necessarily better for best for everybody. Um, my biology absolutely informs that. Um, as a health coach, I coach people to find what works for them. And that's super important because the... the the dogma in the world that we live in is that you know you should eat paleo or you should eat Atkins or you should eat this, you should eat that, as if these a singular diet can um, mm-hmm. serve the entire right. human race, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. Um, and that if you're going through a traumatic experience, get, get help, get support, um, align with the people you love, give your body and your mind space to get clear, um, I cannot underestimate or overstate, really, the power of spirituality to help align and maintain perspective. It's very easy to say, um, why is this happening to me, and to get really insular, Mm -hmm. but in fact, aligning to that higher purpose and the higher objective helps to pull out of that many days. Um, And that's needed, people. And and for someone who is a friend of someone going through a traumatic experience, um, they need support and they're going to be messy and they're going to be crazy and maybe lose weight or gain weight. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, just be there and and help them through it because it's tough and because um, often what we eat is if it's not thoughtful and intentional, it's. It's a kind of emotional numbing, and there's gonna be some of that um, in a traumatic experience that's just normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, help them through it so that they can, um, and be empathetic so that they can come through it and find a new normal for themselves, and that takes a lot of time. I'm mm-hmm. not, like, I, I have a new normal, I feel really good, um, but there are many days that I feel also like, mm-hmm. what, what right? just happened? <laughs> right.
0: Still on the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, April, thank you so much for opening up about this very personal and intimate subject. Um, I know it's not easy to do, especially in front of an audience of listeners, (laughs) people who may, may not know you, people who may have differing circumstances and opinions and experiences in life. So we appreciate that. And that brings our conversation to a close. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode, and remember, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.